I'm Holly Barnett, and I'm one of the mentor moms at The Nest. And probably, I'm trying to think how long I'm becoming a watermark. Not from the very beginning, but really long. Uh, my kids were like in first grade, and they are now juniors and seniors in college. So, kind of gives you an idea. So, I'm married to David, and he is a neurosurgeon at Baylor. That's the demanding job. And um, we've been married 28 years. We got married when he was just finishing medical school. And then he had seven years of neurosurgery residency. So I like to say I did the full tour of duty. Um, I wasn't what we call trophy wives, like the ones who like their husbands did the residency and then they some somewhere later on in life, you know, got to reap some of the rewards, then they missed all the hard, the hard drudgery and all that. Um, we have two kids. Emily is a senior at Alabama, and Daniel is a junior at Baylor. And I'm glad to be able to talk to you all this morning. So I would, in a perfect world, we would each go around and we would say who we are and how long we've been married and how many kids we have and what our husband does for a living and why it's demanding and what our biggest struggle is. But if we did that, then we wouldn't get to talk about anything else. So um, what I want to do is just get an idea. So how many of you um, have been married less than three years? Okay. Uh, five years. Less than five years. Less than five years. Okay. How about between five and ten years? Okay. How about more than ten? Wow. Okay. More than twelve? Few. Okay, great. So we yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, how many of you have more than five kids? Four kids? Three kids? Okay, one one child. Okay, how many of you have like let's say a two year old and under? Anybody have two two year olds and under? Oh, a couple. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, all right, let me, um, and I don't, I was trying to figure out, like, what's, what are people's different jobs that are to me? Anybody married to a doctor? One. Okay, how about a policeman or a fireman? No? Coach? Okay, three coach, four coaches' wives. All right, y'all, y'all should turn around and, and make note if, if you don't already know who each other is. Um, attorney? Attorney, one. What? Accountant? Okay, accountants. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody in the ministry. Allie, okay. Um, all right, so those of you that I didn't hit your target, y'all just shout out and tell me what your husbands do. Um, owns his own business. Okay. Owns his own business. What else? Engineer. Engineer. Commercial real estate. Okay. Okay. Pilot. Pilot. Oh, yeah, I thought about that. Okay, so how, how many of you have husbands that travel? Okay, so y'all, I, I have to just say I don't have any experience with the travel, but sometimes being on call is like traveling, so um, I can just talk about that. So, um, but what I want, I would love for y'all to do, and one of the points I'm going to make is to find somebody that you can just, that's your buddy, that you can talk to when you think you're going to go crazy that can talk you off the ledge or whatever so I hope today if you didn't come with a friend that you'll meet somebody here that you can be like hey can I get your number and you know can we like be in this stage of life together so hopefully we'll have some time at the end to do that but the first thing um, I wanted to talk about and, and this is just for me and I, I have every point on here in the scripture that I'm going to talk about there might be a few I don't have on here 
And then in the back, there's some uh, places for you to take notes if you want to. And then at the end, we're going to do a what I love about my husband. But um, the first thing is, I think, and I'm just, I'm just going to say up front, like, if I say something that, like, pushes your button or you're like, I can't believe she just said that, please come find me afterwards. Just don't, don't send me an email later or text me. You can. But I would much rather you come up and be like, wow, I wish, tell me why you said that or that didn't really... You know, that hit me the wrong way or whatever. But I would say, generally speaking, your husband doesn't really want to be at work. He would much rather be with you. He would much rather be with your children. He would much rather be at home than wherever he is. And I know that sounds really simple, but it took me a while to really figure out. And, and I, I mean, I've been there, you know, David's hours, and they're still crazy. But they were really crazy. We, Our kids were 23 months apart. Um, I had worked as an attorney, a trial attorney, um, until he finished residency. So we had Emily by then, and then when he finished, I was pregnant with Daniel. And then we decided that a neurosurgeon and a trial attorney did not make for a really good uh, situation to raise children. (laughs) And so I decided to stay home. So that was a really hard transition from the workforce where I, I I had a secretary, I had a lovely office, I had... You know, could go to lunch in real clothes with adults and have a conversation. And then we, and we moved because we were in Atlanta. We came back to Dallas. And so there I've got, you know, I was pregnant, have a little one. And it was, and he's, he's just starting a brand new job. And it was crazy. And so sometimes, I, I mean, I would say, and I think on the back of here it says, um, no more pity parties. Like, I was the queen of the pity party. Like, I'm here by myself. You know, I've been doing this all day. Where are you? Why aren't you here? And his job is, was very unpredictable because you just can't predict when some patient's going to go south or you have some other issue. And as much as he would be like, I, I, you know, I think I'll be leaving in 30 minutes. And then it would be an hour and he would call and he'd be like, well, I got stuck, whatever. And then you're trying to cook dinner and you're try- and then you just get, I would just let myself get frustrated. And so finally one day, it sounds really stupid, at time, he's like, He's, he's like, I would so much rather be with you. Like, I don't want to be up here. But, like, that's the job. And he's gifted. I mean, I truly believe what he does is a gift from the Lord. And in his profession, there aren't a lot of believers. So it's really, I mean, there he's he has touched an amazing amount of people because of his skill and giftedness, but because he's also a believer. So I just had to kind of wrap my arms around that. And realize every time he's late or every time he's you know gives me a time estimate and it's three hours later it's like he would so much rather be home than at work so I would just really encourage you um, to just embrace that and if for some reason you think that's not true like he doesn't want to be with me or he doesn't want to be home or whatever then let, come find me let's talk about why you think that might be and one, of, and one of the points we're going to talk about is like how are you when he gets home like nobody really wants to get home to a wife that's like yeah, listen to my day, and where have you been all day, and let me tell you how hard it was, and take this child, and I'm out of here. So, I mean, you have to think about that. Like, if you've been at work all day, then do you want to come home to that? And so, I love the verse from Genesis. Um, when you think about work, and I have, you know, work is no piece of cake for him. So, we know... Um, And to Adam, God said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit when I told you not to, I have placed a curse upon the soil. All your life, you will struggle to extract a living from it. You will grow, it will grow thorns and thistles for you, and you shall eat its grasses. All your life, you will sweat to master it until your dying day. 
then you'll return to the ground from which you came, for you were made from the ground, and to the ground you will return. So, I mean, that doesn't sound like a like a real rosy kind of piece of cake thing to be doing every day, working in the thorns and the thistles and sweating to master it till your dying day. And you also have to think if you're if you have the privilege to stay home and your husband is working, he has incredible pressure to provide for you mm-hmm. and your family and your kids. And you think it's like you know the house, the insurance, the car, the 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 food, the clothing, the future education. I mean, like they have that pressure that if if you're a you know full time at home mom, you you don't have. And I don't think we can ever really truly grasp our arms around that. So just think about that the next time you're kind of prone to feel sorry for yourself or getting angry with him or whatever. It's like, wow, it's a hu- you know, it's a privilege to be home and this is a huge burden that he has and um, I'm thankful that that he, you know, loves us enough to go and work for us. So. All right, the second point is discuss how your home and marriage will operate and what both your needs are. Extend grace to each other. So I think um it's just the most important thing is to to get on the same page figure out you know what's important to you what's important to him um you know and if you don't know what's important to him ask him hey what's important to you and he may say like you know when i get home i really want you to be happy and you're like okay you think, like, what's, the, what's another option you know? or um, you know it might be like my husband wanted food doesn't have to be ready but he wanted there to be a plan like he's much happier if it's like oh I'm making chicken or whatever versus like I have no clue I have no idea and that that was important to him and you know some people want welcome their um their ha- the house to be picked up or the kids to be happy or the kids to be bathed and ready for bed or the kids to be put to bed or whatever but if you don't know what what's important to your husband just ask him and then maybe that he would turn around and be like what's important to you so that would be the, the optimal way that he would want to ask you what's important to you but also you know you could just say hey here's what's really important to me like that you would you know play with the kids for 10 minutes so I can go in the other room and like by myself or you know whatever it is like you know or I could just go in the other room and like wash my face and wash my hands or take a deep breath or read an email that somebody sent me at eight o'clock in the morning that I haven't been able to finish or whatever it is so just communicating with each other um, is huge and on the back of your handout there's a little saying it says two things can destroy any relationship unrealistic expectations and poor communication so I have found, I mean, the, the times when I um, am upset or discouraged or even angry is because I had an expectation and it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like you were going to be home in a certain time or you were going to, like, remember to bring something from the office home and you didn't do it or you said you would make a phone call and you didn't or you said, you, you know, whatever it is. So I think clearly communicating that. Um, is important and I think the other part of that is it's important to pick the right time to have this conversation so I'm walking in the door Jessica don't be like I need to talk to you we need to sit down I've got the to-do list you know let's do this I'm like surely all of y'all have figured out by now you've got to pick the right time to have these conversations with them or it's not going to go well so picking the right time and then cutting him some slack I mean I know it's hard, especially when your kids are really little and you feel like you've been pawed on all day and 
you haven't had any time. I mean, they kind of feel the same way. Like they've had all these demands and pressures at work and then they come home and your husband, I mean, you know, and every, every household's different. Some people might, their husband might be like, I just need five minutes. Like, or um, my husband likes to go take a shower because he's been at the hospital all day with all these people with all this stuff and he wants to go get clean, which I'm like, at first I was sort of annoyed by that. Now I'm like thankful. <laughs> yeah, go wash the hospital off and then come down and then we'll talk and have dinner or do whatever. So just find out, you know, from your husband. Some, and some husbands like just might just, that might jazz them up to come home and wrestle with the kids and they get them all riled up so they won't go to bed later. Mm-hmm. Um, but just find out, you know, what, what his expectation is. Hopefully you can convey your expectation and then y'all can get on the same page. And this isn't like a one and done. You probably have to have this conversation every several months, especially as your kids are in differing stages, their sleep patterns change, and then when they get into school and things like that. A couple of scriptures on this. One is... Uh, James 1, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So um, there have been many times when I've just had to pray, okay, please, Holy Spirit, just seal my mouth. Just I want to say all these things, but I know better. Like I've, I've said the wrong things at the wrong times, so just, just let my mouth be quiet. And a lot of times the next time I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful I didn't say that. So just you know, use the power of prayer to keep you from saying things that you might regret later. And then um, 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So, um, and we've had talks on this before. So it doesn't say um, if you like what they're doing, if you like the decisions they're making, if they're making you happy, um, it says be subject to your own husbands. I know they're giving a submission talk right now, and we're taping all these, so if you need to hear that talk, you can hear later. And they're like, we're not going to use the word submission. We're going to use the word yield. So just remember, um, you know, God has a design for the family. He put that in place. Um, your husband is the head of the household, and I'm not saying you need to be a doormat, but, you know, one person needs to be the decision maker. So, um when he comes home, this, you know, best you can do that. Yield to him. It's just going to go well for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, my other point on this is be good to yourself. I mean, you have a husband with a demanding job. You need to be creative and figure out ways that you can take the burden off of you. So, um, and by that, I mean, you might need to outsource some things. So if you are in a, in a position where you could have some help with the house, like housekeeping or something like that, and that might be a discussion you have, like, hey, I'm drowning here. Like, I can't keep the house clean or whatever it is. You know, can we work with the budget and get some money for that? Or it might be home maintenance. Like, if you're not a handy home maintenance kind of gal um, and your husband isn't either, and it might be like, we need to hire a handyman to do some of this stuff. Or, I mean, I've learned to do a lot of things on my own. Jessica um, has done the same thing. Like, you can YouTube how to fix a bunch of stuff. I've fixed the washer. i fixed the dryer. i fixed the dishwasher. i fixed the garbage disposal. Um, I know, like, where all the reset buttons are. I know where the electrical panel is. I mean, just common sense stuff like that. In fact, it's probably David doesn't know how to do any of that stuff. But I've just figured, and part of it was, you know, it costs money to call repair people. 
but it's also kind of a pain that we'll be there between nine and five on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You're like, awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to get pull the YouTube video out with my model and see if I can fix this myself. Save time and money. So, can we call um, you then? Or? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we side note, we, we moved this summer. And so yesterday I got this panic call from the people, the, the gal that she and her husband bought our house. And she's like, oh my gosh, we have a water leak in the backyard and I don't know where the water cutoff is and what do I do? And I'm anyway, she's like, I think it's coming from the pool. I'm like, have you turned the pool off? No, I don't know how to do that. Michael does that. And I was like, you go to the gate and you open the thing and yes, but you can call me if you need a, you need a, you need a hint. Um, okay, so other outsourcing things might be, okay, home maintenance, repairs, carpooling. Like you might need to get in some carpool, especially like you have a, you have a infant and you have a, four-year-old who's going to Mother's Day out or preschool or something like that. Figure out, you know, ways that can that can help you. Um, meal co-ops. I did a talk at the Nest in December on managing your home and stuff. I gave a bunch of ideas about ways to make meal prep easier. If that's something you're really struggling with, we can talk in a little bit. Um, babysitting. Like, find another friend whose husband is, you know, working really demanding hours and switch off babysitting. So, um, you can do stuff like, you know, like going to get your hair done or going to the dentist or even just like going to the grocery store by yourself. You know, figure it out. Because if your husband's working long hours, like he gets home at 9 o'clock, do you really want to go to the grocery store then? No. Jessica's like, no. <laughs> you don't. But and you, but then you might use, you know, what are the, the grocery well, Target's going to start delivering here soon. Did They're going to deliver? Not just, oh, they, that's, they, they rolled it out in two cities. Don't tell me that. <laughs> earlier in the week. But you can get yeah. your Amazon or all the different ways you can get grocery stuff pick done. But, um, but just trying to be creative about things that can make your life easier. All right, number three is turn your thoughts and worries into prayer and spend time with God daily. So that sounds like super easy. Like, yeah, and you like get up every morning, have an hour quiet time. You know, um, no, that when that doesn't happen when you're home with littles, and especially when your husband's gone a lot. So, um, but you can pray. You don't. I mean, you can pray while you're changing a diaper, doing dishes, giving a bath, driving the car. I mean, anything. You don't have to be on your knees with your eyes closed. You can pray all the time. And it's, I mean, and he's there and he listens. So I would use that, especially when you're like, dear Lord, I am about to lose my mind. Just please, you know, give me patience. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. Give me, you know, a five minutes by myself. Or hmm. please let the baby take a nap for five more minutes. Or, 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 or let, me, let me let the baby cry for five mornings or whatever it is. You know, turn to prayer. So Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer or petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, um, yeah, turn turn it in your thoughts, too. I mean, your your thought life can just spin out of between. He's at work. Wonder what he's doing all day. Wonder why he's not here. He doesn't love me. He hasn't come home. On, he said he would be here at 7. It's 8 o'clock. Oh my gosh, he's been in a wreck. I need to get on find my friends and figure out where he is. Um, this, this, my husband bikes to work sometimes. Yeah, so find my friends. I'm like, yeah, especially when he's like, I'm leaving in five minutes. He doesn't leave for 45. I don't know that. He's not in. I'm trying to figure out where he is. And this one is find my friends isn't accurate. And you're like, this says you're like at Houston's. Like, what? You know, like, I thought you were coming home. So, um, so guard your guard your thoughts, guard your you know your mind. Turn to prayer. All right, some practical tips on how to do this. And we've had 
kind of the last nest, nest talk where they really talked about things you can do. So um, if you go to Watermark, you know about Join the Journey. Does everybody know about Join the Journey? Anybody not know about Join the Journey? All right, so that's easy, especially this year. They're short. It's like three verses a day. You could be behind a whole week and catch up. <laughs> so, um, and you can click on the little um, microphone icon, the little speaker icon, and it can read to you. Did y'all know that? It's a great voice. Reads to you. Um, Bible Gateway has the same thing. So if you're in women's Bible study on Wednesday morning, who's in women's Bible study on Wednesday morning? Okay, so we are doing 2 Samuel, so there's a lot of reading. So you can do the same little click on the speaker on Bible Gateway, and they'll read to you. You version does it, too. And depending on the version of the Bible, the voice changes. Yes, exactly. There are certain verses I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep listening to you talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you have to watch on Bible Gateway. Like, there's, and I don't know who it is, but there's one voice I like, and some voices you're like, like, you're British. Like, no, I don't want to listen to this, or I can't understand you. But, yeah, so you can listen to Scripture. Um do you know or get like a she reads truth or um a lot of people do the paul david trip devotional Mm -hmm. um if if you have no plan at all you can always do a proverb a day Mm -hmm. there are 31 proverbs there's never a month without 31 days you can read a proverb a day you could read proverb a day for the rest of your life there's so much Mm -hmm. wisdom in there Mm -hmm. that's just a great easy and you can have have bible gateway read it so there are just you know, great things that you can do to stay in the Word. Um, in the summer, the nest has a thing called Nest at Night. And that is somebody will, um, that's, you know, a, a good leader will pick a book. And then you can go to their home in the summer and read the book and do the study with some other women. And there's usually about six or eight different ones to pick from in different areas. Um, so that's something you can do in the summer to keep yourself involved. But I would encourage you, if you're in a community group like and, and you're kind of struggling with how am I going to be in the Word every day, talk to them. Find out what they do. Pick something to, to do together. But um, days when I like could, could tell like I'm kind of out of control and nothing's going my way, then I'm like, oh, duh. Like You haven't spent any time with the Lord. How do you expect your day to go? So just, you know, reminding yourself of that so much better if you, you know, you have a plan and you do it perfectly, but that's not how the real world works. So, but, but if you have no plan, then you don't have a way to succeed. So get a plan and we're going to, we're going to share some in a little bit about, you know, what other people do. Well, we'll just do it right now. So what, what are anything besides what I mentioned of what you do so that you spend time in the word? Other than what you said? Uh-huh. Oh. Anything else? There's one tiny, but I get a little first of the day thing that pops up on my watch. I forget what app it is. But, and that, at least, I have two seconds to read that. Yeah. So. That's great. Okay. What else? Anything else? Um, one of the whole culture, one that you're talking about, I think it's called New Morning Worship. Right. I just started that this year. It's really good. And it's, it's dated and everything. So, what is it? It's pretty short. Yeah. New Morning Mercies by Tr- Paul David, David Tripp. <laughs> he has a parenting book, too, I just yeah. learned yes. about. It's yeah. supposed to be amazing. It's really I also would just, when I did have time, write scripture on like an index card that's like by my bed or somewhere just so. I have something around the house. Did you all hear that? Write scripture on a card um, so that you have it on your house. Other thing you can do is change your 
screensaver on your phone so it's scripture watermark is doing that for the romans road right now mm-hmm. they're providing it and then she reads truth has lots of screensaver right did everybody hear that she reads truth has screensavers and they're doing it for the romans road so but just i mean like you look at your phone a lot during the day so have something uplifting <laughs> and encouraging on there mm-hmm. um okay the next one is a is a a huge one if you have a husband with a demanding job stop comparing your life to others comparison is a thief of joy like you are seldom going to make yourself feel better by looking at someone else's life um and that verse i had for this is proverbs 21 19 it is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman so um this is the last thing your husband wants to come home to is you being telling him all about how someone else's husband you know gets home at four o'clock or left a love note on the refrigerator or sent her flowers or was taking her to Cancun for the weekend or, or whatever. Um, and so I have a couple of stories on this. We, um, when my kids were really little, the, we had new neighbors move in and they, they're, and we're still friends and they're adorable and precious, but he was an anesthesiologist. Well, anesthesiologists work way different schedules than neurosurgeons. So a lot of their stuff is, you know, they have a certain number of cases and then they leave and then they, but they also spend that some of them spend the night in the hospital so it was not a complete piece of cake but his his schedule was very different than mine so my friend amy would be next door and we'd be happily playing she had two little boys i had you know my two kids would be playing in the backyard and then george her husband would roll in from the hospital like at four o'clock well, what do you think amy did see ya <laughs> like she's gone like dad's home you know, and he doesn't want to play with my kids. He just wants to be with his kids. So, like, our party broke up. Like, I'm still with my kids for, like, another four hours. And George is home, and he's in the backyard with her kids. And Amy's, like, gone to, like, you know, in my head, I'm like, she's shopping, and she's with friends, and she's having dinner. She's doing whatever. I mean, probably she was in there maybe, like, taking a shower or folding laundry or making dinner or whatever. But nonetheless, I'm still in the backyard with the kids. And I just, I've always really had to just get a grip and be like his job is complete i mean even though they're both doctors he's completely different than david's david would rather be home in the backyard with us playing than listening to you know a patient in the office or doing surgery or whatever he would rather be home but that's just not the case so i had to just in my head i almost just had to like ignore the fact that her husband came home at four o'clock because for a while it was just really hard it was like this is so unfair. I mean, like the pity party thing would start. So if you've got that in your life, you know, you live next door to somebody whose husband is completely different or they work from home or whatever, just stop. Don't compare. You know, we, we never compare ourselves with someone who has it way, way worse. Like I wasn't thinking like I'm going to compare myself to the woman whose husband's deployed in Iraq for mm-hmm. a year who hasn't, you know, hasn't been home, hasn't seen their kids. She has no break. Like, no, that wasn't who I compared to. I compared to the guy home at 4 o'clock. Um, my other uh, story is Elizabeth Tamlin. Y'all, she teaches a Bible study. She's a mentor mom and all that. So we've been friends since 1981, which is frightening because y'all are already born then. But a really long time. We're great friends. But her household looks completely different than mine. Her husband has a completely different job. Like, he would never miss a school performance. Never, you know, they would have devos in the morning. They would have family breakfast. They would have devos at night. They would do all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I had to go, you know, my household's not going to work that way. Like, by the time the kids would be up, David's like in the operating room. Like, we, we that's just not going to be how our family operates. But we're still friends. Um, 
And she would be, I'll talk a little bit about having somebody you can talk to. She would be the one that I'm like, I really think I'm going to lose my mind. She'd be like, no, you're not. It's okay. You know, but we had very different households. But, you know, the common thread with us is she loves the Lord. She's not going to let me wallow in my pity and be like, you should just divorce him. He's terrible. I can't believe he works all the time. You, you know, no, you don't want that kind of friend. You want the friend like, you know, he loves you. You know, he'd rather be with you. Um, I'm sure something came up. You know, that's okay. Why don't you put it, you know, put the kids in front of the TV for 15 minutes or, you know, we'll plan something fun to do tomorrow afternoon. That's what you need. Somebody you can go to like that. So I would just ask you if, if, if how many of you struggle with comparison in this regard? Okay, so who are you comparing yourself to? Like, is there like a certain friend or a neighbor or somebody in your life that like that pushes your button? Like you, when you start thinking my husband's at work, like I think about that. So who is that? And and my next question is, you know, what what leads you down the path of comparison? Is it, you know, he's he's gone, he's late, he's whatever, you know, like figure out for yourself what starts you down that path. And and once you do that, then you then you can stop yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, oh dear Lord, I'm I'm you know comparing again. Please help me not to do that. You know, give me strength. Um, and the last one is what can you do to prevent yourself from comparing? So if it's social media, like if, if like looking at Pinterest, I have a friend who every Friday afternoon she gets flowers from her husband. And every Friday afternoon, guess what she does? Posts on Instagram. She, yeah, she puts on Instagram. Yeah, my husband is the most awesome man in the whole world. He loves me so well. Look at the, he put the daisies and the crock on my table. And I'm just like... You know, I don't have nine, got nothing. You know, it's like, you can't do that. So, or if it's Facebook or whatever it is, I mean, I, y'all have heard us talk about this at the nest. It's like, people rarely put, now Jessica will put her messy kitchen and be like, she'll put like, you know, 1035, kitchen looks like a bomb's gone off, 1104, kitchen clean, like real life. But very few people put real life. People don't put, Diaper explosions, vomit. And thank you. Please don't put diaper explosions yeah. <laughs> yeah. on, and, you know, I will unfollow you yeah, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe block. Yeah. Diaper explosions, vomit, um, you know, yeah. all the people don't. People just messes. happy. And I have to say, I like Instagram. Instagram is generally happy. Mm-hmm. Facebook, people can go off on tangents. But, you know, if it's social media or mm-hmm. if it's like, if, you know, some, I don't know, people still mall walk with their babies at the mall mm-hmm. and the strollers and stuff like that. I mean, if that causes you, like you go to the mall and then you see a happy family with the dad there and you're like, oh, look, there's the dad. Where are you? You know, <laughs> don't do that. Just figure out. And everybody, it's going to be different. You know, so figure out what it is that leads you down the comparison path. I would, I would say if, if there's anything you can take ground. Like the one thing from today is stop comparing, because it's it's, and as you go through, then it's the kids and the awards and the school and the car mm-hmm. and the college and it's just like it never ends. So taking ground now will serve you well later. So, a couple more uh, proverbs on uh, not being a nagging wife. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome woman. That's twenty five twenty four. 2715, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. Yikes. 1913, a foolish son is a ruin to his father and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. So think about that. You don't want to be that woman. 
your husband doesn't want to come home to that either. And you, and you're also your kids are old enough to hear you. Like you're modeling for them. Like if you're constantly whining and complaining and having a pity party, what do you think they're going to do? Mm-hmm. This is what I hear mom do all day. Like I'm going to complain too. And I, I'm not saying any of this because I, I did this perfectly. Just, you know, I'm saying this because don't do what I did. Like you know, try to you know use use the power of prayer. All right, number five is find a buddy who understands your situation. So that might be, you know, a per, another gal who's married to a coach or somebody who's married to a pilot or an engineer or accountant or in the ministry or, or whatever your situation is. But it might, you know, might be, you know, Jessica's coaching thing. She might have be friends with, you know, somebody whose husband is a completely different line of work, but they have the same, it's the same thing. They're trying to love and serve their family well. They want to do it joyfully, but it's really hard when your husband is not around and you were flying solo. So having somebody that can understand that you can, you know, vent to in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would rather you vent to your friend than vent to your husband. And just be like, yeah, I'm really frustrated today. Will you please pray for me? You know, or I don't really know how to handle this. I'm, you know, I don't want to be upset when he gets home. Can you just listen to me for five minutes? And a good thing will be like, yeah, tell me about it. And then, you know, pray for you or pray with you right there on the phone. <clears throat> or give you some like, you know what, you're being too hard on yourself or, you know, just something to help you get through the moment. But you want to pick this person, um, this buddy carefully. You want to pick somebody who's grounded in Christ. If you pick the gal who has no spiritual foundation, go pour yourself a glass of wine. You just put those kids in front of the television set, and you just have yourself wine till he gets home. And then when he gets home, you get in that car, and you go to Target. Or you do whatever. You deserve it. You deserve that break. I'm just telling you, ladies, that is not going to lead to, it's not going to lead you well. It's not going to lead to happiness. So, you know, if you, you hear that voice, and you'll see, I see it sometimes on social media where people will do that, and you're just like, that's such bad advice. You know, and it goes back to point one. He would rather be with you and the kids than at work. Just remember that. Um, but I would, you know, I have been so blessed to have, you know, little Elizabeth and, and a couple other friends in my life that filled that, that could do that for me. Be like, it's going to be okay. You know, and, and pointed me. You know he loves you. You know he didn't mean when he really said that that thing to you or don't take it that way or whatever. But just... You know, speak truth lovingly and point you to Christ. So I, you know, hope that you um, have somebody like that in your life. And if you don't, pray that God brings somebody like that into your life for you. Um, It's a gift. It really is. All right. Number six, have adult interaction during the day so you don't go crazy. Like, you can only be, like, on the floor playing Legos or I don't even know what. I don't even know what little girls, but the little girls played with that. We played Polly Pockets and Barbies and stuff like that. And Shopkins. Shopkins. Okay. When you can only do that for so long or read so many books or, you know, try to teach character so much before to somebody who can't communicate back with you before you're going to lose your mind. It's just the fact of life. So um, one thing that um, – I would do, well, Elizabeth and I would do this together is we would um, meet up and we would get, I'll put all our kids in one car 
and we might go run errands. And so, you know, we'd both be in the front, we'd have the four car seats in the back, and then like we'd go to my, like the dry cleaners, and like she would sit in the car with them, and I would run in, or we would go, you know, whatever kind of little errands you had to run. And then we, then we would go to Target, and we get two baskets we put you know two kids in like in the basket basket um and then we buy one bag of popcorn and three get three extra bags so every child had like this much popcorn and one bag and uh, we'd go through target and like if she's like oh can i go try this one i'm like sure so i'd sit there with the four kids you know corralled go to target or whatever and then you would have like we'd have enough space where you could actually put the items you're going to buy so that they don't you know eat them or throw them out or do whatever um but it was fun it was like a such a win-win like they had fun being with each other we actually got to have i mean not complete sentences but like a few words could come out you know we had had fun and then um and that was done or we would do this like mcdonald's or the park or um chick-fil-a or just whatever just like to have something you could do and it doesn't have to you know doesn't have to cost you money um but just to have that other adult interaction if you're you know i think now like when we when my kids are really little um nobody had cell phones i know that's totally shocking to y'all we had like the home phone <laughs> and nobody had cell phones so like i and and to try to call him at the during the day i'm like you know you're gonna have to go through the operator to go to the OR and then the, the scrub nurse is going to pick up or whatever. I'm like, I could never call him directly. But now, you know, you have texts, you can send a message or you can, you know, actually, some of you might actually be able to call your husband on the phone. Like, probably not if you're a coach, he's off with the kids on the field or if he's a pilot, he's in the airplane, you know, so some of you have limited access to that, but you, you can't have some some conversations but for those of you that don't like and you can't communicate with your husband having another adult during the day is a really great way to save your sanity so try not to to isolate all right my seventh point is and this this is what i did this might not work for everybody but try to handle as much as you can so that when he is home he can spend time with you and the kids and I was raised by a really, well, my dad died when I was really young, and it was just my mom and me, so she kind of had to be both roles. So I never I never saw the division of, like, dads do this and moms do this. My mom did everything because it was just me and my mom. And so I kind of took on that role of, like, I can handle all this stuff. Like, I would, you know, pay the bills and handle the home repair and take the car to the shop and take the kids to the doctor and do all this stuff. So that might... You might not have the bandwidth to do that, but if your husband has a really demanding job, the expectation that you're going to split the division half and half is probably not realistic. You're probably going to end up having to handle more than your than your share of the stuff. So for me, I knew that the more I did while David was at work, the more time he had when he was home to be with the kids and to be with me. So that was my goal. Like I tried as much as I possibly could to figure out how to take care of stuff and then we sort of had an understanding of like you know you can make purchases up to a certain level I mean you have I trust you you have the freedom to do that if you reach a certain if it's above that then we need to talk about it so I kind of knew I wasn't having to ask him all the time can I spend money on this can I do that what do you think about that um and then obviously, you know, bigger purchases or like, you know, gosh, the washing machine is going to be $400 to repair. Should we do that or should we just get a new one? Like, you know, have, and that goes back to point two, which is 
understand what the expectations are. Like, you don't want to think, oh, he'll be fine if I buy a new washing machine. <laughs> and then he's helping. He's like, you just bought $1,500 on a new washing machine, and we could have gotten it repaired for 300 or whatever the case is. So every household's going to be different. But having the, um, the authority to, you know, conduct business for your home from your husband without his approval can be really helpful. And that, um, I don't know, that's just how we worked. I, you know, paid all the bills. Like I said, did the repairs. And, and discipline, that's another thing. We'll talk about this in a second. I mean, there are just some things that um, you can't wait for Daddy to come home for everything to get done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you, And if you're not equipped in an area, like I, my, I told somebody earlier, like math is my worst subject ever. Like college, I had to have 15 hours of math or science. I took 15 hours of science. Like I hate math. So, and this was before Quicken or QuickBooks or anything like that, where you actually had to balance the checkbook and all this stuff with like a calculator. <laughs> this is not my area of giftedness. And like for the longest time, I fought it. But then I was just like, this is stupid. Like he's gonna spend two hours doing this when he could be playing with the kids. Like he just need to, you know, suck it up, Buttercup, and learn to do this. And I have. So um, just because it's not really in your wheelhouse or whatever, like you can learn to do some of these things. You might, you know, we've got super smart women who can, you can help you do that. Somebody the other day was like, I'll pay somebody to come over and teach me how to do quick and we, you know, I'll buy you dinner, I'll do whatever. Like, you know, reach out. No Facebook page is great for that. Um, let's see, number eight, practical matters, don't wait for dad. So, um, every household is different, but what worked for us, because his schedule was so unpredictable, um, I just, you know, when it came, got time for bath and bed and all that kind of stuff, I just, you know, I didn't wait for him to come home to do bath and get him in their jammies and get him in the bed. We just, we had a routine and we just stuck with it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, when it's, we, they dinner at 530 and then you do the bath and you do bed. And if, you know, he's home when we're doing all that, that is awesome. But I learned and most of you probably know this, like if you, I, I'm coming, I'm going to be there, I'm on my way. And then it's eight o'clock, and you're trying to have a dinner, and there by that point, by eight o'clock, you know it's all over. Like, it, and then you end up putting to bed dirty, and then you're like the next day is a mess, and it just didn't work for us. So I just learned like having the set plan, and if you you just like when you hit the door, you just kind of go into whatever our flow is, and if he made it there to do any part of that, that was a huge bonus. So it's like. That wasn't my expectation, mm -hmm. but if it ha if it happens, then it's just gravy, mm -hmm. just awesome. But having that, so I would just encourage you to get in a pattern of that for a while. As they get older and they can stay up later and they're not starving and stuff like that, you could maybe, um, you know, you might have, you know, carrots and ranch with the kids while they're eating dinner, and then you have dinner with him. Or you might eat dinner with the kids, and then maybe when he gets home, you sit at the table with him and have dessert or, you know, whatever. But, like, just creative ways you can do that. But what I learned is, like, trying to wait and have dinner when Dad got home, the later it got, the worse it was. They're, they're tired, they're cranky, they're hungry, and you're trying to, like, don't eat that, don't do that, let me cut this, let me cut that. It's like, that is not family dinner. That is just, that yes. it's like... This in everybody's family dinner, this rich sharing time, and all when they're really little, like, no, the longer it is, so it's I'm giving you permission <laughs> to 
bathe your kids, put them in their jammies, and put them to bed. I know someone who's put their child to bed really early yes. sometimes yes. when they're about to. Yes. You know, it's okay. It, it'd be better to put your child to bed at 5.30 than to yell at them or, what, or go completely crazy. It's okay. But uh, we just found for, for us that worked better. So the, and just to kids, just the, you know, the routine of this is kind of how we do it. And, you know, or reading or prayers, whatever you do before bedtime. And then um, if you have a husband who works like, you know, like the worst thing is they hit like you've done food, you've done bath, and they're like chill and you could, they're starting to get sleepy. And then dad comes up and wrestle and tickle and do all this stuff. So that was another, we had to have the expectation of like, please don't do that. Please don't, you know, take them from like zero to a hundred and five minutes right before bed because like I'm ready to go in the other room and either have dinner with you or like sit, sit. down, <laughs> just sit down and quiet. And now you grab them up and that's not going to happen. Um, but, in, and then I would say too, like if, if you do the deal where you don't have family dinners, then figure out on the weekend, like we're going to have Sunday night or Sunday lunch or Saturday or whatever. We're going to all sit down at the table and have dinner together just so that, you know, will that work for you? Can we do that? And that works well because then when your kids get older and they actually have a life of their own and their own schedule and they're doing sports and all this kind of stuff, you can be like, family dinner, Sunday night. And then they just kind of know that's what we're doing. Same thing as they get older with school and homework. Like, you're just going to have to, you know, figure out how to manage it and how to do it. You can't wait for dad to come home to help with the math problem at 10 o'clock at night. Like, you know, get a friend, call the teacher. You know, I think now you they can do the math problems for you online or whatever. But just like you just have to get in your head, you can't wait for all for him to get home for all this stuff. Discipline too. It's like there were very rarely times and have to be a really really serious offense where I would be like, we're going to discuss this when your dad gets home, or your dad's going to be the one who gives you this punishment. Sometimes I would say that if it was like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, what's the best way to handle this discipline issue? And it's not so much when they're little, but when they get older, when it's more like a heart issue as opposed to a behavioral issue and you really need, you want your husband's input and it's not really appropriate to call him at work and, and ask what to do. You, But I would say as a general rule, especially when you've got little bitties, like talk with your husband how you're going to, how you're going to handle it and then go ahead and give the discipline. I mean, it's better for you. It's better for the child. Nobody wants it hanging over their head all day like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Wait for dad to come home, you know. Just and, and you want to be able to, you know, discipline your child and then have restoration and forgiveness and move on with your day. So I would say learn to handle that. And the last point I have on there is command performances. So like you're like, what's a command performance? So I had to kind of figure out what were things that David absolutely had to be at. That would not be, you know, and, and every family is different. Like if you're like, oh, we're going to the pediatrician together, we're going to the dentist together, we're going to, all. no, that did not happen in my, you know, in my world. But if there were times like you've got some kind of serious thing going on at school and I really need you there mm -hmm. as support for me or for to be another voice to hear what's being heard or whatever, then I'd be like, this is a command performance. And then I would tell, you know, whoever at the office, I'm like, he has to be there. So like at, you know, if the meeting's at four, like at three o'clock, go in there and be like, you know, you have to leave at 3.15 or whatever. But this wasn't a weekly, and probably now maybe like 
four times, and I still am doing it. My kids aren't even home. Like four times a year, like these are things you have to be at. But you have to pick and choose that you can't pull that card all the time. Mm-hmm. So especially, you know, if they're, or if you have to work around travel schedules or, you know, you're, you're having to like trade with other people so they can get off to be home, you really have to ask yourself. So that's not like I need to get my hair done or, um, you know, I want to go to the movie or something like that. These are like really important key things. The next one is planned dates and childless nights, and you might need to be in charge of this. So um, I did what I told y'all not to do. I compared, and so I had friends who were like, oh, we're going on a date night, and he caught the he got the babysitter, and he made the rest, reservations at the restaurant, and I'm so excited, and we're going on a date. And I'm like, well, what you got? You know, like, <laughs> when's our date? You know? Do you want me to give you the list of babysitters? Like, are you going to make the reservation or whatever? And it was like, I'm like, poor guy. He's just doing the best he can at work all day. And, like, I'm having a pity party because I'm not getting the, the date I expected. So, finally, and, and he would just say, it's like, just make a reservation. Just, just you know, get a babysitter. And then I would sort of be like, well, if you loved me, you would do this. I'm like, how stupid was that? I was shooting myself in the foot. So if I just had to get over it and be like, you know, hey, I've got a, a babysitter for, you know, Thursday night. Where do you want where do you want to go or what do you want to do? And he's like, awesome, that's great. So don't be me. Just, you know, take just take ownership of it. Get the babysitter. I mean, most likely you know the babysitters and he doesn't or switch with a friend. And then on, you know, dinners, like some people like trade or some people, you know, or or just throw out an option. But don't get yourself in a little funk. Don't think that he doesn't love you because he's not planning to do all these things. And I also say, you know, giving yourself a break from your children so you can be not mom and dad, but you can be husband and wife. You can be lovers. You can be friends. You can go do something fun is really, really important. So if you have grandparents in town, use them. Or if you have you know, friends, or if you can't do a whole night, at least get it to where when you come home, they're asleep. That's like the, the next best thing. I mean, I remember what that was like. So, and, and just take heart. There will be a time where they will get old enough and um, you won't have to have a sitter. And that is like, oh, like, I don't have to spend that money. We can spend that money on dinner, you know, and you can like, even if you're like four blocks away, but you can still leave without a babysitter. So they do grow up and they do get out of that. Um, let's see. All right. The last thing I'm going to let you do is um, write and you can either do it on the back of the paper or um, on your phone if you'd rather have it in your notes section or your phone so you can see it like qualities you love about your husband you're like why am I doing this like you do this so that when you're having a pity party when you're comparing when you're upset angry when you have expectations that aren't met you can remind yourself the qualities you love about your husband I have one and I wish I put a date on here because I don't even know how long ago I did this but it's on an index card and I keep it and I have what my friends call an old lady, kind of old-fashioned, like, planner thing where I keep notes. Um, but mine is, he loves the Lord, good provider, good father, plays with the kids, fun, full of life, honest, hardworking, smart, concerned about our future well-being, loves the ranch, loves my parents. 
uh, loves the cat. Uh, frugal and practical, excellent in your field, respected. I mean, it can be whatever, you know, but it's just good to remind yourself, and I know this was I don't know, a long time ago that I wrote that, but all, all these things are still true. So being able to, to have that to remind yourself is just a great thing. It's really hard to be angry at someone when you remind yourself of the qualities that you love about them. <clears throat> the other, you know, when I talked about prayer too, you know, pray for your husband. It is a horribly wicked, terrible world out there. They are in the middle of it every single day. And most people aren't looking out for his welfare. Especially not, I mean, if next to his mother, you're the one who's praying for him the most. Probably, or maybe more than his mom. So, remember that. 